What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Travis, and today I have with me Matt Williams. He is a co-founder of, well, I think you're co-founder of Fight, Laugh, Feast, right? Or are you the founder? Or uh, not, I don't know. I was a oh. consultant for them. Oh, okay. I was the first show to make it, Fight, Laugh, Feast. Okay, you were the first show yeah. to make it. Okay. I should have asked that before we started. <laughs> yeah, it but, was uh, just cross-politic before. I, no, it's okay. It's a good <laughs> clarification for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he, was, he had a show on uh, Fight, Laugh, Feast. One of those shows is How to Build a Tent. And uh, more recently, he started doing one with A.D. Robles called uh, Reform Jellicle. Does that go on the uh, Fight, Laugh, uh, Feast podcast? On iTunes and well, whatnot? Well, it will start it will. in New Year, and that's like breaking news. So oh, okay. you are the first, and your audience is the first <laughs> to hear that. But yes, we will be joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast at the New Year. Okay, awesome. Sweet, sweet. So yeah, he's got How to Build a Tent and Reform Jellicle. Um, and he, um, I'm having him on today because um, he teaches people how to build a tent, but also he has recently learned how to break the internet. Or I guess more specifically, how to break, <laughs> how to break uh, uh, reformed, reformed Jellicle Twitter. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah. So, so that just gives you kind of a brief rundown of who he is. But I'm going to go ahead and let Matt introduce himself as well. He can give us uh, any more details that he wants to. And uh, feel, free to, feel free to plug any of your shows that you have beyond that. Great, thanks. Well, I'll do that plugging first, I guess. I have How to Build a Tent on the Fight, Laugh, Feast network. You can find that on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts normally. Every form Jellico, I'm co-hosted with A.D. Robles, and we talk about just different issues from a perspective and evangelical perspective. And my other professional career, I'm an entrepreneur. I have several businesses. I'm a consultant. I consult for corporate corporations and also for small businesses looking to do startups. And basically, that's where the idea came from with how to build a tent. Stole that from Paul and want to teach Christians how to build side hustles, how to be entrepreneurs, and just how to be successful in their careers for the glory of God. Uh, that's pretty much my rundown, my rap sheet. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I know I've, I've listened to, I haven't in a while, but I listened to some of the earlier podcasts from How to Build a Tent, and some of them were had some a lot of useful information on them. So I definitely recommend uh, people checking out that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the topic uh, now that we've got the introductions done. Uh, the main thing we're going right, to talk about today, what was that? I said, now that we've got all that minor stuff out of the way, let's get to the real <laughs> good stuff. Oh yeah. And, and we do, do have some good stuff here. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, yeah. As I said, as I said, he recently found out how to, how to break uh, reform Jellicle Twitter. Um, I like that term. I'm going to start using that to, to refer because I never know what to say. <laughs> Sometimes I say evangelical, yeah. sometimes I say reformed because it, it does kind of depend who I'm talking about. Like I might be reformed if I'm say reformed, if I'm trying to be more specific, but evangelical mm -hmm. seems like it's more kind of an umbrella term, but I'm going to start using reformed jellical. Um, but yeah, anyway, good. So, <laughs> so we've got, um, <laughs> he, he tweeted out recently. This was something that had, that had kind of been out in the open for about a week, I think before you tweeted it. But you took us, it was a, a video of John MacArthur uh, who had done a sermon um, basically discussing his, his previous comments in which he told Beth Moore, go home whenever he was asked to give a short, pithy response to, to what do you have to say about Beth Moore. And of course, he elaborated on it. People kind of took it out of context. He elaborated on it and actually gave a good reason. Um, whenever he said go home, he gave a good reason for why he was saying that. Um, he didn't just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And uh, but people ignored that, of course, and lost their minds over John MacArthur. But anyway, about about a week after he does that, you tweet out a short clip about a minute long of him. 
And um, in fact, I'm gonna go ahead and play it real quick, just so just so people have context, have full context on that. Let me share the audio with you so you can you can hear what's going on as well. So let's go ahead and play this clip real quick. Turn my phone on silent too, because it's beeping at us here. Just showing off. The Guess phone. what? When women take over a culture, men become weak. When men become weak, they can be conquered. They can be conquered. You're watching that happen in this country. As more and more and more and more women ascend to power, more and more men become weaker and weaker and weaker, and the level of vulnerability just keeps escalating. Your men will fall by the sword because they become weak. You've, you've literally lived out the curse of Genesis 3. You've desired to dominate them, and you've done it, and your mighty ones are going to fall in battle and her gates will lament and mourn, meaning the city, and deserted she will sit on the ground. Guess what? When all the men have been slaughtered, you can sit there with all your jewelry and junk. You've been conquered because you've overpowered your protector. Oops, got to turn my mic back on. All right, that was, that was uh, John MacArthur. That was a, uh, uh, once again, whoops. There it is. Guess what? Oh, hey, computer's acting crazy today, guys. But that was John MacArthur. Um, a portion of his sermon, a one minute long out of probably an hour long sermon. Um, it was like 45 minutes, yeah. 45 minutes, yeah. That's probably about right. Mm -hmm. um, where he was, there we go. Where he was talking about uh, women preachers. Women preachers and elders and pastors. Is it biblical for women to be preachers, elders, and pastors? And of course, he also used that to talk a little about uh, the culture as well. And is it is it biblical in general for women to have a huge role in leadership positions in the government and in society in general? And um, and yeah. So if I can get this to go away, you can't see what's going on right now on my screen, but it's to me. <laughs> I'm well, having a lot of computer doing, problems here today, guys. <laughs> while you're doing that, let me just say a little background about this whole thing. <laughs> so I have a few people that are in communication with those over in John MacArthur's camp. And the whole idea was to take down, if you noticed, you can't really find that video anymore of the go home video and where he elaborates, he elaborates for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And they took that down as an effort to control the narrative. And this sermon that he took was that effort. So he was responding to the criticism of the go home Beth Moore in this sermon, which is he goes yeah. on and he talks about how and why there is no justification for women pastors and authority. And he's reading this clip is from him reading Isaiah 3, 16 through 23. And I'm just going to tell you this, the reformed Jellical Twitter out there and a bunch of egals, which I call the egalitarians. So if you want to start addressing the egalitarians as hashtag egals, I would appreciate that. Uh, they <laughs> what, threw, What's funny is when you first tweeted that out, hashtag egals, I didn't notice the capital G at first. I just saw egal. <laughs> I just kind of figured it was a mistake, and it took me a while to catch, oh, like egals. All right, all right. It applies to feminine and effeminate men as well. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's reading on. Isaiah 3, 16 through 23, and he's talking about what it means. And I would say that 90% of the people that jumped in and started criticizing this tweet that got 250,000 views, this clip, didn't realize that he was actually reading scripture. Yeah. Yeah, I guarantee they didn't realize he was reading scripture. 
He was referencing Genesis three and then also he was reading from Isaiah three, right? You said? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's important context, especially considering some of the, the uh, replies to this, to this tweet, mm-hmm. which got, which got pretty crunk. Um, but yeah, so, so you tweet this out. You say, you say Johnny Mac, bring in the heat. That's basically yeah. what you said. Um, and the replies, I kind of broke down and we can go over different ones. I'm sure I can find, sure. I haven't, I haven't tagged specific tweets, but I think it's going to be really easy to find ones that apply to these. I found that there was at least five, I mean, four different types of tweets. You had the feminist, right? The straight up <laughs> feminist, not the Christian feminist. I guess that's a different category. So you have feminists and yeah. then you have Christian feminists. Those are actually uh-huh. somewhat, somewhat different categories. <laughs> they not sound exactly. the same to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, then you had racist, which is, which is interesting. Racist I was surprised by people, that. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. There was no racism talked about. There was no race, no color, nothing addressed in the whole sermon, let alone the clip. Yeah. So I was confused. By well, that. I've had the same thing. Um, uh, my wife tweeted out something a few years ago, or not tweeted out, put a Facebook post. She never posts on Facebook either. It was, mm-hmm. So it was, it was interesting to see like everybody just lose their mind over one, one single Facebook post about a political issue. Because <laughs> she literally never posts anything political. But um one of the uh, one of the one of the responses to it, she was talking about uh, gay marriage, and one of the responses was like, "You're like the, you're like the people that didn't want black people and white people to get married." They just went on like a, a race narrative, and you're like, "Where does this come from?" Like, first of all, how are we saying that black people and white people are different in the same way that women or men are different? But also, like, why? Why did mm-hmm. like it just seems like you could have made your illustration a better way. <laughs> Well, this is my thing. theory. This is my theory. The liberal Christians out there and the egals, they are similar to the Jehovah's Witness in this way, that they have publications that they read extra biblical that are not biblical at all, in fact, and they get the talking points and they just regurgitate them. So even yeah. if it doesn't necessarily have to do with race, they're just going to throw it in there because there's like a tagline that you have to apply to every single conservative interpretation of the bible and you know wherever you want to go with it it's misogynist homophobic and racist and you've got to put them all together or it doesn't really have the same ring to it i'm having all kinds of technical difficulties here today (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah yeah speechless exactly (laughs) Um, but but yeah yeah you're right it's it's that intersectionality man you can't you can't leave one behind or else uh it just it just puts them in distress essentially i guess Mm -hmm. and what i really loved about this and i love it tongue-in-cheek that is i'm glad it happened because it brought a lot of clarity at least to me but it's sad to see the state of christians on twitter and i mean i i consider twitter to be the public forum of today or the you know the town square if you will and to see like jonathan merritt retweeting it and all these big evangelicals and it's just sad to see where they are at and how they understand the Bible and how and where their idols are really. And that's, that's the thing. Like this thing would not have gone viral if it didn't hit the idols that they're, they're worshiping. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was non-controversial 30 years ago. I thought, yeah. I was thinking it was non-controversial now. I mean, it's reading yeah. Isaiah, but apparently it's blasphemy to their idolatry. Yeah. So, so I guess I'll go back to this. So we got Christian feminist, feminist. You mm-hmm. got the racist or the people that are claiming you're racist, one or the other. Then you have just the plain white knights, which would be like the Jonathan Merritt types. And then you have the irrelevance, which is just people that, that, that basically you're just asking like, 
what does that have to do with anything? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're just saying things that don't, it's not, in, of course, the racist thing doesn't have anything to do with anything either, but yeah. this is like a special category of what, where mm-hmm. did you get that? But anyway, I just wanted to run through some, like, some of the, the tweets. Let's do uh, it. I need some levity in my life. <laughs> the very first one is, is good stuff. Speaking God's truth to rebellious culture. Oh yeah. Okay. This is probably my favorite objection because it's, it's the one that, that I think gets most people to oppose what John MacArthur is saying, even though it's a, it's a horrible objection. So I'm going to read this to you and just kind of have you explain like your reasoning for why you don't think this is a good excuse. Okay. Um, this is by Madeline Campbell. You might know who it is. I'm mm. only saying the name because I'm going to have it on the screen anyway. It's all a blur to me, honestly, with how many people were tweeting at me. Okay, I wasn't sure if you knew who that was because you did happen to respond to her. So I thought maybe, maybe you might know who it is. Maybe I tried not. to respond to as many of them as I can. Okay. Honestly. See, that's good. Go ahead, that's, read it. That's good policy. I do the same thing. I'll even respond and then uh, block policies. I block anybody that I think might report me. That's oh, that's, about it. Oh, that's it. I never thought of that before. I usually just mock to everybody indiscriminately. But, yeah, yeah. But if you're full blown <laughs> left, just, I'm, I'm probably going to block you because a lot of them are crazy and that I'm worried true. about getting worried about getting kicked off but anyway so she says hey matt just a reminder that if it weren't for a woman pre if it weren't for a what in the world a woman who preached just Uh a reminder if it weren't for a woman who preached we wouldn't know of the resurrection jesus never told women to go home he told them to go and tell i do remember this one and i think uh later on it was either her or people making the same argument that we would have never known that the resurrection happened and Jesus was basically a kept man because women took care of him through his life. And it's like borderline heresy. But this is my thought to it is God chose to use these women, not doubting that at all. Women have a valuable place in ministry. No one's saying they're not. That's another thing that people build straw mans and say, like we're saying women can't do ministry. They got to stay at home and do nothing else. We're not saying that. But God, God did use them, but he didn't need to use them. God could have used a man. He didn't. He used women. Great. Praise God. Who knows why he did it, but I'm glad he did. I mean, I'm again, I'm not trying to say women aren't valuable, but there's this, see this, there's this desperation to legitimize women. And when I mean legitimize them, I mean, make them equal to men and be able to do the same things as men that they start bending and twisting scripture and start getting theology wrong. And that is one of the things that I'm glad this did is it brought out this poor exegetic understanding reading interpretation of the bible these people have that need to be addressed like i'm all thinking that we have like world issues political issues and we needed to address the culture but it is really open to my eyes that wow we need to really actually start in the church and have judgment and discernment and start reapplying the bible and reasserting the authority of the bible because we're missing it as a church like forget the culture right now what about our church yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, it's a, it's a crazy world right now. Mm-hmm. I don't and know. Let me say this too. Sorry, I. He, they said that they preached. They're conflating what preaching is. Like they were telling a story. They were telling an account. They were telling a testimony of what happened. That's not addressing what MacArthur was talking about: authority and government, which we can talk about. That's not talking about preaching in church and having authority over men. It was telling their testimony, which I want to encourage women to do. Please. Yeah. I want to hear how God is working in your life and what he has done. That gives me joy, man or woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the biggest problem with, with her tweet. 
is that is that she's conflating preaching with, with just telling her testimony or even just sharing the gospel. There's no one. I think even uh, Beth Moore tweeted something out in the last few days that that inferred that there's people saying that women should not preach the gospel or should not. She, not she preach, is like not. the straw man queen. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> she does it all the time. We've gone back and forth over the last couple of weeks about things. It's just terrible. And she, it's, this is the thing too, and we talk about it in the context of pastors and church leaders that we have a greater responsibility that we're going to be held account for what we teach and what we um, proclaim. But I think that also applies to Twitter today. It applies to us as podcasters that we have a responsibility to be mm-hmm. speaking the truth and leading people to Jesus and being accurate as possible, even on Twitter. I mean, how many people do listen to Beth Moore? She has a responsibility to be accurate in telling the truth. And instead of just generalizations, straw men that are staining the church, she yeah. should be talking about the truth. And she doesn't do that. It's disgusting. Exactly. Yep. But, uh, but moving on. So that's, that's kind of like the... Uh, that was a good starter. Yeah, that, that's a good start. <laughs> I'm trying to find... Okay, here, go, here goes the one that, that I really like. This is the racist one. Okay. This is... Because this is slightly racist, and just try if if you don't if you don't get what I'm saying here, just try to replace white with black, and uh, I don't know. There, he uses the word grumpy, maybe grumpy. I don't know. You can replace that with any pejorative that you might apply to somebody that's not old and white. Um, so he says he sounds just like he looks. Speaking of MacArthur, by the way, he sounds just <laughs> like he looks. You already I read that first sentence, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. He sounds just like he looks. Like an old grumpy white guy who hates everybody except old grumpy white guys. <laughs> the curse of Genesis 3 has nothing to do with women becoming powerful. It, mm-hmm. it literally has everything to do with women becoming powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Barack and Deborah. So, yeah. so he does have a, an actual object, objection in there, at least somewhere tagged like at the very end in the last four words. But, um, but yeah, it, I mean, what, what did you get any other responses like this where it was just, where it was just mocking him for being an old white guy or, or maybe bringing up a race that you can think of specifically um, in which you know, race didn't make any sense? Or was no. it just kind of random people that you didn't really pay attention to? No, they're all along the same vein. I mean, that's a perfect example of the arguments that we got. And I love what you were talking about in the beginning before you read that. That is a great thought experiment that we should be constantly doing is replacing who we are calling in a negative way, usually white males, and replace it with a protected class in our society, a woman, a black person or whatever. And if it is cringeworthy, then it's racist. And we should be doing that in our businesses and everywhere that we see this stuff. And then we're starting to see really the racism. And then we're also starting to see where the idolatry is too, because you cannot criticize the people or in the gods you worship. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and let me just say this too about the Deborah thing, because that is another one I heard a lot, is I don't think that is a great example that you want to be citing when Judges <laughs> 4 starts off with saying that everyone was doing what was right in his own eyes. Yeah. And during that time, Deborah ruled. Now, she could have been a great leader. I'm not saying and never would say that women can't be good leaders. I'm not saying that there are men that are going to be worse leaders than women. That's not what I'm saying either. That would be sexist. But yeah. what we are saying and what MacArthur is saying, if I may speak for him, which 
I shouldn't. I have no place to do it. Uh, we're just saying what the Bible says. We're not even telling you what our opinion is. We're telling you what God says. And if that makes us something, fine. I'm rather be loyal to God than to you and whatever your camp is. I don't want to sound like you. I don't want to sound like the world. I want to sound like Jesus. And it should be really disturbing and frightening for you liberal Christians who sound the exact same as the world. That should be troubling. That would scare me to death. Yeah, I've pointed this out before. If, if every political belief or every cultural idea that you have is in line with the most degenerate people in society, you should at the very least be questioning why you believe what it is that you're saying. Because it, it's don't. just the odds. It's kind of like, it's kinda like um, AD said once on one of his podcasts that the Democrats get the most obvious blatant moral atrocity, like the, the most obvious political issue that is a moral atrocity wrong. They get abortion wrong. It's the most clear one. There is no, there's no reason for getting it wrong, especially if, you're, especially if you're a politician because you've supposedly been entrenched in this your entire life and that's how you became a U.S. senator or whatever, mm -hmm. right? There's just mm -hmm. no reason for it. So if you're getting that wrong, what else are you getting wrong? And it's kind of the same concept. If, if you're agreeing with the degenerates on everything almost, shouldn't you be questioning, why is that? But, yep. Yeah, and but yeah. I want to know also why Big Eva and all of our evangelical leaders out there are starting to go to the side of Democrats because they hate Trump so much. They hate, I don't know what they hate, but I'm starting to see like people like Beth Moore and all these other people saying, oh, you know what, just it's a hard decision. Pray and whatever God leads, however you feel, however you get the feels in the morning, you should do that. No, you shouldn't do that because one side is going to be supporting and condoning killing millions of babies. It's like, again, it's church we need to address first. Like, who cares yeah. what's happening in Democrats and Republicans? If Republicans win all day long and our church leaders are telling us that we should be supporting people that support abortion, then we're failing. Who cares about yeah. the country? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in, you know, they say that uh, politics is downstream from culture. Well, it's also true that culture is downstream from, from how the church is, is acting Amen. as well. Um, but yeah, so I think you addressed the, the Barack and Deborah situation, uh, uh, pretty well there. And my, my thing too, is that the, the commands, uh, from Paul are so clear. Like if, if you can, if, I've always said, like, if you can show me rationally, you know, using all the context you need, uh, you know, using, going back to the original Greek going or, you know, just going back to the original languages, going back to the context in, in the time and yada, 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 right? If you can use all the context you can to show me that rationally it's actually Paul saying something else, then I'll believe that Paul is saying something else. But if you can't, mm -hmm. then I'm going to believe like the plain writing of it until, until you can mm -hmm. show me otherwise. And the plain writing of it is so obvious that if you're yeah. going to point back to a later date in history when a woman, when a woman did rule over something or did do something in the, in the, church or what you know whatever uh, or something similar mm -hmm. to the church then then you have to i i still am gonna go but why was paul so clear about this right like obviously right. maybe there was something else going on back then if you can't show me something else that was going on when paul wrote this that would make me think otherwise you know to think that he was meant the opposite of what he said essentially then you then i'm gonna probably assume that at a later date something that we have you know it it, it was probably something else going on at that point in time that made things a little bit different than your average scenario where 
which means that we shouldn't just adopt the idea, well, then we should just throw this command from, from Paul out completely and just act like it wasn't there. Correct. Because this one time, way back when, somebody did have a position of authority in, mm-hmm. in a setting that would be at least somewhat equatable to a, a which, political position or a church position. Or, which we all can acknowledge is an exception to the rule. A majority of the leaders were men. And even if you go back and you look at, oh, geez, Deuteronomy? Maybe it's First Kings. First Kings sounds more right. Uh, where they give the qualifications of what a king should be. It is clearly talking about being a man. And every subsequent you know, government official represents the king. And so that goes into that. But it was interesting. You were talking about the Greek that reminded me. And one of the highlights of this whole debate thing with this Twitter post was getting into a Greek battle with a lesbian pastor from <laughs> Methodist church. It was great. And it was great because she was totally being condescending and thought I didn't know Greek and didn't, couldn't figure out what she was saying. And it was funny for several reasons, but a few of them were this. One, Twitter translates for you. Two, we have the internet where if I didn't know what she was talking about, I could go look at like blueletterbible.com, which I highly suggest yeah. for Greek research. Uh, and we got back and forth about what the Greek actually was. But to a greater point, and this is, people ask me a lot of times, why are you so mad? You're just an angry white man. Like, why are you so passionate about this? Why are you fighting these people? Why are you replying to these trolls? This is why. It's because it is so clear in the Bible. It's not like, you know, if you're all-mill, post-mill, pre-mill, like we can have legitimate disagreements about that. But these are clearly stated things. If it said, clearly stated that the millennium was going to happen this way and all this stuff, then if you disagreed, then I would have an issue with it. But this is the issue. is It's so clear. It is so clear that women should not have authority in teaching church that if you disobey that, the whole Bible falls apart. And it takes the effectiveness away from the word of God in general. The whole Bible is useful for correction, reproof. And if you can't take something clearly stated and correct and reprove people and build people up and point people to Christ and disciple people with, then what are we doing here, people? What are we doing? Yeah. That's why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. And I think it's good to respond to people too. (laughs) That's just good for Twitter followers. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I despise about the, about the, uh, you know, quote unquote, big Eva right now is that, is that you'll, so for instance, whenever Beth Moore tweeted out that thing that, you know, that supposedly somebody doesn't want women to share the gospel, she, she had a solid like hundred and something people asking, (laughs) asking, so who exactly is this that is saying women shouldn't share the gospel? Because I've never heard anybody say that. Never anybody. And of course, no response. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with Danny Aiken. It's the same thing with Russell Moore. It's the same thing with every other big Eva figure that ever tweets anything out absurd. Mm-hmm. J.D. Greer, same thing. Uh, he, he did something recently where he wouldn't answer anybody. Oh, yeah. He, it was oh, the same controversy, the go-home thing. He's like, Beth Moore, you can come to our home. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I who's know. saying that she can't literally go to someone's home? And who is who, just, it, you know, people are just just asking the same questions over and over and over and they yeah. never answer any of them. And whenever they did answer kind of, he, he posted some, I think it might've been out of something out of a, out of a document from the SBC. I don't know. I'm not really sure, but it was just mm-hmm. some vague nonsense that didn't answer 
any of the actual questions. Yeah, it's slimy. They're being slimy. That's what they're doing. Yeah. It's funny. I listen to uh, stand-up com- comedians all the time. Bill Burr, censor warning. He is foul. But one yeah, of the is, things I still love Bill Burr. I, oh, he's so great. <laughs> uh, one of the things he was talking about once was Oprah and the Oprah followers. And he basically, he was making fun of Oprah saying that motherhood was the hardest job in the world. And he's like, oh, I thought coal mining in West Virginia was hard. I thought roofing as a redhead <laughs> was hard. No, a mother. But anyways, and he just talks about how just all the clams are like clapping and applauding Oprah. <laughs> and every single time I see these big Eva people say these weird slimy things and just a hundred thousand likes, like what a bunch of clams. <laughs> yeah, whatever you say, I just approve. I love it so much. You're the best ever. Yeah, exactly. Clams. Oh, man. <laughs> Didn't think Bill Burr was going to come up in this interview, did you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Burr's great. I remember him talking about that. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, if you want to be completely desensitized to cursing, though, there was a time that Bill Burr got on stage. It was like 10 years ago, I think. And uh, it's kind of going off subject, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it anyway. But he went Thanks on stage the best podcast, to, uh, to, he, he was on tour with like a bunch of big name comedians and they had all been like, or half of them had been booed off stage that night. So he mm-hmm. just went out and just like drilled the audience. It was, it, it was extremely <laughs> profanity laced. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, so, so it was kind of, kind of a sketchy uh, thing, but, uh, but it was still, you're just watching it going, huh? <laughs> he doesn't yeah. care at all like any of these people i know he's That's just so great about anyway. it those are the best most leaders. of the time he doesn't get I don't know, he, he gets he throw out profanities but most of the time it's not like that most of the time it's it's yeah. it's part of the do you ever notice the people that you want to follow the most are the ones who don't care what people think yeah it's a good tip for leadership yeah it is uh where was i oh yeah this one this one's fun I, this may not fit any of my categories, actually. I should no, just a, throw it out. Let's see it. Whole I love category it. for this. This is a great game. <laughs> in, in Buddhism, we're taught that uh, <laughs> the wish to hold on to power is cause of suffering. The idea that women will overpower men if we aren't careful leads to needless conflict between the sexes. That's what we needed a Buddhist to come tell us what yeah. truth is. I'm going, um, I don't think this is the... <laughs> Can you see I my reply to that? Yeah, yeah. You said the Bible teaches. Uh, there's a few replies, so I wonder. Just the first one. Can you read the first one? Yeah. So he says the Bible teaches you're in rebellion against God because of your sin, and you need to repent and be saved. Do you know how many Christians told me that I was being rude and inappropriate and didn't want to associate with me for that? Really? Because I <laughs> said what the Bible preaches, what the Bible says. You need to repent and believe in Jesus to a Buddhist, that's and great. I that that's the state of where we are in the church where it's controversial, not with the world, not with people that hate Jesus, quote unquote, but within the church, telling people to repent and believe is too confrontational and hurtful to be said to a Buddhist. After he's telling me about his religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are it's you like, kidding me? why you should believe what I believe. Okay, you should repent and believe. You can't do that. You can't do no. That. <laughs> AD had a great point about this. We talked about this on Reformed Jellicle because that one just blew my mind. Again, this is such an eye-opening experiment of where we are as a church. But see, he's like, Matt, you did it wrong. First, you have to apologize. And then you have to give a bunch of excuses and talk about how you really care and love. And then you can start being friends. And then after a few years, you can talk about how much better your life is going to be. 
but this is so funny <laughs> go ahead he's he's kind of joking there but it's not really like i remember yeah. that's how i was taught evangelism whenever i was in you know in high school or, or mm-hmm. is is that you should be friends with them and then you know what the big, biggest problem like with this, that is is it's putting conversion in our hands yeah and that is something that was freeing for me once i realized that i can't save myself so why do I think I'm going to save anybody else? My responsibility is not in the results of conversion. My responsibility is to be obedient to God. I'm supposed to be loving. I'm supposed to be kind. It doesn't say I'm supposed to be nice though all the time. Jesus wasn't nice all the time. So if you think me saying repent and believe is a sinful and disrespectful, then how are you going to justify the times Jesus was saying it or Paul was yeah. saying it? Like this is where it all falls apart. Your theology is so messed up and back backwards that when you're criticizing me for using the Bible, you're criticizing Jesus and God and his word. That's a scary place to be people. Yeah. And they, they do the same thing with um, street preachers, I guess would be the, the common term for it. Mm-hmm. You know, people that go out like what, what some of the guys at Apologia do. Uh, yeah, I've seen on, time on college campus. Keith Darrell does it. Yeah. yeah campus yeah. preacher. Yeah, Keith Thurl. That's right. I've seen him. I forgot about him. I've seen him do it a few times too. Yeah, and a uh, guy from Wretched. And, and, but that's the sort of thing that, I don't know. I think it just makes people uncomfortable. It does. And they, yeah. they don't like that feeling. And then that's what mm-hmm. leads them to, which it's, it's really funny because, so essentially what they're saying whenever you're, you're being too harsh, that's how, doing evangelism that way, is they're making a similar to argument like, don't judge. You know, that a lot of Christians do. <laughs> yeah. And and it's kind of the same thing where you're doing the same thing to me. Like in a way, you're doing your own even evan- evangelicalism. Yeah, it's you're just you're just trying to teach me how to not be mean, I guess. Yeah. It's it's, it's evangelicalism. It's just I mean it's it's a evangelism. It's just that you're doing it for a different cause at that moment in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Squishy Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, let's see, I'm trying to find, there's one specific, I'm sure there's some order of these things changes as time goes on. I should have thought about that before I, oh, here we go. Here it goes. This one I thought was really interesting. He says, Matt, I grew up in J Max church, have read so many of his commentaries, books, and I've listened to countless hours of sermons, uh, went to TMC and due to my hardcore fundamental Bible study, I am now an egalitarian non-Calvinist, uh, what would your response be to me? Now, before you, you see my response to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. Before you answer, I was going to read. Well, I wouldn't consider myself a full five-point Calvinist. Never been to his church once. Walked the campus of Masters once. Listens, listened to probably three sermons in my whole life. Uh, three, three of his sermons in my whole life. Yeah. So we're probably in the same boat now, except the EGAL. What is your position on EGAL? <laughs> yeah, people think I work for John MacArthur or something. I don't understand that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but so, what's the question for that? Well, I was just I was just going to read that before you responded. Oh, okay, um, okay. That's, that's pretty much it. I was yeah, just... I don't understand this whole fundamental attack either, because literally, what fundamental means? If you look it up, if you're on your iPhone and you look it up, it says a characteristic typical of Islam and Christianity, where they believe the literal interpretation of the scripture. Yeah, a I literal think interpretation gets, of the scripture, people. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's okay. Fine, I'm a fundamentalist. Should be something we believe in. 
And then you hear the stupid arguments like, well, do you believe revelation is literal? And like, we can't even have a higher educated conversation about genres of books because if revelation isn't literal, then the epistles can't be either. And again, it goes back to this thing. Like if everything is open to interpretation and culture influences what the Bible means and what it says and what we should obey, if culture determines what the word of God means and how it applies to our life, it's worthless, guys. Culture yeah. is the God, not the God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, oh, what was I going to say? I left you speechless again. I oh, yeah. This, this, this also goes back to what, what you had said earlier about how it's not our job to convert people. And this is the perfect example. She grew up in a fundamental Bible study. Obviously, obviously just drilling something into somebody doesn't, isn't going to work in the end. It's going to be God working in them to, to bring them to salvation. So, so if she's completely rejecting mm-hmm. a lot of biblical truths, which, which I'm assuming she would be rejecting if she's an egalitarian non-Calvinist, <laughs> um, then, uh, then, <laughs> then it, it again just shows that, that these criticisms that you have for how you speak to others who are not, Christians and telling them to repent and believe is, is again, absurd because it's not up to you to change these things because you can't. And this is a perfect example. This is someone who's saying she sat in John MacArthur's church, which despite what she thinks is, is probably a, a very uh, biblical church as far as how they, what, what they teach and how they teach. Um, she sat in his church for however many years she said she did. And, and, and she's gone the complete different direction. So it's, it's not, it's not up to us in the end to uh, convert people. This is a, no, and I mean, that's Spirit. my story in a lot of ways. I grew up going to church, a good church. It was non-denominational, um, and I re- learned the Bible. I knew the Bible pretty darn well, and I finally made a profession of faith in early high school. But then, even then, I went off the deep end. Not that I didn't believe in God. I just wanted to do my own thing. And then God grabbed my life when I was in my early 20s, and it just changed from there. And like again, it's not the pastor preaching a good sermon. It's not about parents necessarily even teaching you the Bible and raising a child up and how they should go. Like responsibility is on you and God converting you. And that's all it's going to take. And so that should be freeing for us. That should be empowering to us that we don't have to look at the results. We just have to obey what God has called us to do. And that might be podcasting. It might be street preaching. It might be tweeting. It might be gaming. It might be something silly like that. I, I talk to people yeah. all the time from How to Build a Tent audience who have ministries on games. But really? you're doing what God That's has awesome. called you to do. That's what you need to be worried about. Not, not your stats. Not your results. Yeah, exactly. And I guess we'll probably do a, a couple more. Couple okay, more. Cool. Here. I love it. This is, this is we got to talk about so my far. game I started too. That was I had a fun with that. Oh sweet! Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> um, all right, so this one, um, women just don't just don't want to be. And she put a colon. I don't think she understands how the language works. <laughs> Shocking. But women don't want to be raped, groped, molested, harassed ah. by Christian men in leadership positions. And then she put hashtag go John go home. Yeah, this um, is a red herring that you hear a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm just going like, okay. Yeah, nobody nobody's not only is nobody disagreeing with that, but it doesn't have anything to do with the conversation at all. Yeah, and so this is what we need to understand. And this is what she's saying. 
this is if she knows it or not, this is what she's saying. When we do what God calls us to, it's going to lead to rape and all of these abuses. That yep. is not true. That is a lie from the devil. Following God and walking in obedience does not lead to sin. That's what she's saying there. If somebody is abusive, they need to be dealt with from the sphere of the sovereignty of the church. If it's sin issue, if they break a law, if it's physical violence, then the government needs to get involved. That has nothing to do with authority and church structure and if men should be leading government or not. Yeah, and there's two things that come to mind whenever, whenever I, I hear this tweet. Number one is you, you hear this argument uh, regularly um, with people who are egalitarians or even you know, soft complementarians, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> but but um, that they're saying that complementarianism is sometimes used to, to abuse women or something along those lines. And it's like, well, no, if you're, if you're taking complementarianism for exactly what it is, it can't be used to abuse women. And that brings me to my second point. The reason it can't is because effeminate men are what allow raping, groping, molesting, and harassing. That's right. effeminate men. And is what, that's what you get whenever you go towards egalitarianism. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And it's just a poor argument all around. I mean, we have people in the, you know, pastors that are using it to make money for themselves. Joel Osteen. So does that mean we should never have pastors? Yeah. Like, I mean, let's take that logic. So there's sin in the church. Should we never have church? Like, is, did Jesus have a bad idea here? Like, oh, well, people use the church to sin. Yeah. Okay. They do it in families too. Should we not have families? Like, what is it? Where's the point of this coming from? Yeah, that's, that's a terrible that's logic. Actually, an argument that a lot of, a lot of people that maybe kind of like her that used to go to church that stopped going to church or, you know, used to be a Christian that mm-hmm. stopped being a Christian that, that um, did so because something bad happened to them from some Christian. Yeah. In and, the church. And then they're accepting that same logic that something bad happened there. Therefore it's all bad. Yeah. And this is part of the bigger issue I have with our perspective in America. I'm just going to say America cause I don't have experience in other churches around the world, but we think of church as a place to get served and a place to get things from. And I truly believe that, yeah, you go and you're blessed and you're being part of the body, but your nourishment and the word of God in your relationship is not dependent on how good the pastor preaches and how well people treat you in church. You are responsible for seeking God in your quiet time. Go to church to serve and to participate and use your gifts to bless people. Stop going to church services to be served. Go to church services to serve others. Yeah. And, and uh, I guess the last one that I want to hit on is kind of a, I don't want to say, it's not like a, it's, a, it's not a legitimate criticism because it's not really a criticism because I don't think it's something that you disagree with entirely. Okay. Um, now he's, he's juxtaposing it to what you say or, or to, to what John MacArthur is saying, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it, it's kind of, it's a, he is criticizing John MacArthur and criticizing you for retweeting what, what John <laughs> MacArthur said, but this isn't something that we would entirely disagree with. I don't think. And you responded to it. Um, but I'll, I'll let you, you know, respond to it here if you okay. want to. He said, or maybe women are ascending to power because men are weak and irresponsible or abusive with it. And I think people took, just to give my quick input. I think people took that one clip and just pretended like 
That's all he said, and there was nothing else being said at all, (laughs) ignoring that he very likely dealt with those issues in the 45-minute-long sermon. But anyway. Yeah, and I I totally agree with him. Like, And I think John MacArthur agrees with him, too. The reason women are able to get to the positions they are in is because of effeminate men. And like, just like John MacArthur said, it's in this culture. Like, There are effeminate men in our culture that are sending women off to battle, to die in wars that are leading the family, that are sacrificing for the sake of themselves, it's all backwards. And yes, if men are the leaders, then responsibility is with them first and foremost. But it doesn't excuse the women either on the flip side of that too, is both are responsible, just like in the garden. Adam should have sacrificed himself when Eve did that. And when Eve ate the fruit, he should, instead of eating the fruit, he should have offered himself just like Jesus did for us, but he didn't. And that's to his shame. It's not all on Eve. It's on Adam for leading his family to that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So good. I kind of, uh, that's the last one we'll do as far as the the tweets that that were responding to you. Um, I I, uh, just kind of wanted to go through some of them because some of them are just kind of funny, just kind of joke around and mess around. And then also because even, even the ones that are funny, they do have a serious like underlining assumption Mm -hmm. that can really be easily debunked as we've seen here. Most of them didn't take, you know, didn't didn't take complicated answers to to figure out what, what thankfully because it's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably the biggest reason. There's a but, science um, to that. <laughs> but I know you had, you had, and you had mentioned this earlier. You had a little game that you were playing, and I believe what you're referring to is um, where you would, you would take a tweet and say, "Is this a Christian or a feminist?" or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah. And now, what it was? It, did you have a hashtag that you were doing with that? Uh, no, I. But I did oh. use the emoji with the pointing to the world, and it kind of evolved into. Oh, that's right. Is this that's Christian right. or is this of the world or from the world? And before, because people are asking me about this, and this was a legitimate question, I wasn't even mad about this, is are you judging people as saying if they're Christian or not based on their tweets? And the answer is no. I was going off of what they said in their profile. So if they said they were a Christian or not, I was just trusting them on that. Yeah. And the whole point of this exercise and the game was one, to make fun of them, but two is to point out that they sound, people that are claiming to be Christian sound the exact same as those who are claiming to be atheist and hate God they sound the exact same. And so I would retweet tweets that were, could be either or and say, is this someone who claims to be a Christian or is this someone who claims to be of the world based on their profile? And then you could click it, you read it, and then you click the profile to see. And it was scary. It was scary, Matt, because they were saying the same things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to what we said at the very beginning of this podcast, Mm -hmm. that if you're, if you're saying the same things, the world is, you should probably be concerned. Um, and you need to repent, honestly. Yeah. Yep. But um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, You're welcome. Thanks for having this me. This is good. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up now because we've been going for about 45 minutes. I don't want to hold you, hold you Great. too long here. Um, but um, but once again, I don't know if you have anything else uh you've thought of that you want to plug. I know your Twitter is how to build a tent. I believe. Yep. Facebook, Just Instagram. That's spelt out, right? Yeah. How to build a tent. You can um, look it up on YouTube on and you'll pass like 20 actual tent building channels and then you'll find mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Reform Jellicle uh, comes out on Fridays. We record live if you want to join us and be part of the conversation on patreon.com slash Reform And you can come be part of our show and interact, ask questions and all that good stuff.
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Again, this is uh, Matt Williams and um, thanks for coming on, man. I thanks, appreciate Matt. it. Appreciate it.